You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and you are listening to episode 152, Skills Every Witch Should Master. And I want to start this episode by letting you know that if you hear something in the background, it's not on your end, it's on mine, because my dog Hawkeye is right next to me snoring her little head off. So if you hear tiny little snores uh, in your audio, that is on my end. So today we are talking skills every witch should master. And I wanted to talk about this topic before we head into 2023, because I think it's good foundational knowledge to know and be on the same page about. And this is not just tips for beginners. This is witches of all stages and skill levels. It doesn't matter. These things are really important no matter where you are in your witchcraft journey. And unsurprisingly, very few of these are related to specific spells that you should know how to do. It's more about the background information and the skills that are necessary to continue in your witchcraft practice and sort of form the basis of all of the spell work and things that you're going to be doing. And some of these things are skills that you're going to have to come back and continually work on. You may have mastered them at one point, but now you're slipping or things have changed. Things have changed in your life. It means the different skill set is going to change. So a constant work in progress. If you want to chat more about these or add anything to the list of what you think is a skill every witch should master, head on over to the Discord server, join the community there, and I will have a discussion going this week about these different skills. And these are in no particular order, just whatever is coming to my mind, and I have no idea how many there are going to be. We're just winging it. So first up, one of, I think, the most important skills is learning how to study and research, because that is a huge part of witchcraft because you aren't just going to start and know everything. There is a lot of it that is intuitive and you just have to, you know, trial and error your way through it to see what works for you and to like grow your intuition. But there is some studying and research behind that. And there is a lot of work that previous witches have done to get to where we are now. And there's no sense in reinventing the wheel every single time when all of this information is at your fingertips. But everyone studies and researches differently. Everyone learns differently. So there is no right or wrong way to go about this. It's not all about reading every book that you can get your hands on. That is, you know, one of my preferred methods, but not everybody is a reader. A lot of you would rather learn through audio or visual methods. That's why you're here. That's why you check out things on YouTube. So the method isn't the most important thing. It's just learning how you best study and research. And within that realm of studying and research, it's important to learn how to check facts and not even just facts, but things that you don't agree with. Not every witch practices the same way and books are obviously biased towards the author. They've had a certain way of doing things for a long time and that might not work for you. And it is especially true online because it is not as edited as books are. There's not as many eyes on it before somebody hits publish. So there can be a lot of misinformation out there. So you need to know how to check the things that you don't agree with. If something doesn't sound exactly right, don't just go with it. You need to learn how to 
research that information, where you can find backups of that information, where you can check those facts, whether that means in a book, whether that means listening to podcast episodes about it, or whether that means checking in with an online or in-person community and just asking the questions. And the more that you do that, the more that you will develop the similar scale of spotting effective tools and spells. So the more you challenge things that you don't agree with, the more you're going to understand what you do agree with and learn how to spot things that right off the bat are going to be effective. For example, when I am reading through a book and it has spells in there, I look them over before I even you know, dive into copying it down or trying it out. I look at what the correspondences are, like what are the different tools and ingredients that are being used and see if that matches what I already know. So I already have associations in mind for clear quartz and rose and peppermint. And if those are being used in a way that just doesn't make sense and doesn't match my correspondences, I probably know that spell is not going to be effective for me. But if the spell is full of correspondences that are associated with fire and it is a candle spell and it is for achievement or confidence, all of those things make sense together to me. So I am more likely to look further into that spell and see if it's one that I want to do or adapt for my own practice because it is more likely to be effective. Along with how to study and research, an important skill is how to keep track of that study and research. Again, this is something that varies by person. It is why Books of Shadows and Grimoires are so popular because it is a place to document this. So whether that is you writing it down or keeping a dream journal or doing all of that digitally, there are a lot of digital options. I have a digital grimoire template over on Patreon that I've mentioned. There are a lot of places that you can keep track. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, how important it is to write things down and just keep note of things because you are never going to remember what you did at this time last year. You, you might try, but there's no way that you're gonna remember everything, especially all of the little details about your emotions and what the moon phase was and what you, the weather was like. All of those things might have an effect on you without you realizing, and you are not gonna remember if you try to think back on it a couple months from now. So it's really important to write all of that down. And it is equally important to write down what you are researching and where you're learning something. And I have done this myself where I write down things that I liked, whether that is information or spells or something, and I never write down where I got it from. Because again, this is something that like I think I'm going to remember, but I never do. So I've been better about that lately, <laughs> like writing down where it came from so I can go back and reference that. Or if I need to look it up again, I know which book to go check out from the library. And I personally like to keep track of my study and research along the way because I like to see how things have changed, where something I was studying maybe two years ago and researching, my view on that has totally changed. And I like to look back and see what I have learned, how I've grown from that, and where my research path is sort of leading me now because I have so many varied interests. I just love going back and seeing what I did before and how that has changed me and led me to where I am now. All right, besides all of the studying and research and tracking of all of that, the next skill that I think every witch should master is grounding and other forms of energy self-care. So grounding was one of the very first episodes in this podcast, and that is all about grounding yourself and pulling 
energy up from the earth because our energy that we have in our body and we can store is limited. Our personal energy is very limited. So if you are using only your personal energy to fuel your spells, you are going to get burnt out very quickly. You're going to feel tired, maybe get physically sick, get headaches. It's not fun to drain your own personal energy. That's why grounding is so important because you can, during your spell work, pull up energy from the earth. It's a very neutral, stable energy. And then you can use that instead to power your spell work. And then if you have too much extra, you can send that back down into the earth. So you remain balanced. Learning to ground effectively is something that comes with practice. So I do think it is a skill that every witch should master. But along with that, if it's not your chosen form of energy, you should also master your own form of energy self-care. So not everybody loves drawing the energy from the earth. It's not the only option. There are other, you know, elements that you can draw energy from. So if you prefer one of those, that's fine. As long as you are mastering your own way of using energy from another source and returning it to that source. And along with that, another important skill to master is energy work in general. So that would include centering and shielding. Grounding and centering kind of go together. It's like the easiest way for people to learn, like pulling up that energy and then being able to center it someplace in your body. It's just, you know, being still for a minute and feeling that energy in one central location because then you can pull that energy and send it out, um, you know, throughout your body, maybe out your hands it, towards your spell work if that's how you are working but all witchcraft is, is harnessing and moving that energy around, shifting that energy. So it's really important to know how to do that energy work. And shielding is very important as well. And shielding, I have talked about, is like sending that energy out a little bit away from yourself. So it forms an energetic shield around you to keep you safe from, you know, not only the traditional negative entities that are associated with witchcraft, not all that scary stuff, but really for protecting yourself from other people's energies that they cannot control. Another very important skill to master is visualization. And I want to make the caveat of your best method of visualization because it's not the same for everybody and it doesn't have to be. The main idea of visualization is picturing something in your mind's eye so, you know, closing your eyes and being able to see the outcome that you are looking for in your mind's eye, just to like paint that picture. But not everybody is good at that form of visualization. And that's fine if that doesn't come naturally to you. It is something, again, that comes with practice, just like grounding. But if it doesn't, if it never is coming naturally to you, you might find it more effective to write things down or to speak it out loud. So if you can't really like picture exactly what you are looking for, um, in your mind's eye, then speaking it out loud can be just as effective and lets the universe know what you want and what you are intending with your spell work without you exactly seeing it in your mind's eye. So you need to know your best method of visualization. For me personally, I can see things in my mind's eye. I'm fine with that method, but I do still write things down because I just enjoy writing in general. And there's just something about committing everything to paper that helps me get really specific. So I do things both ways, both the visualization, the writing down. I don't speak things out loud as much, but it is absolutely a form of visualization. 
hand in hand with visualization, a skill to master is setting intentions. It's really important to be clear when you are doing spell work about what your specific intention is, because we've talked about that on the podcast before, that they can manifest in a lot of ways. And if you are not very specific, it might manifest in a way that you definitely didn't intend and didn't want, or will manifest in a much smaller way that yes, technically it worked, but it really wasn't what you were after. I mentioned before the example of setting, doing a spell for finding, you know, money. And then the next day you find a penny on the ground. Technically that spell has manifested, but it probably wasn't exactly what you were intending. So you have to be much more specific in setting intentions. Again, I think this is something that comes with practice, but the more you can visualize, the more you can you know, write things down and sort of think through things from beginning to end and know what the end goal is and what your ideal outcome is when that spell is complete, the more you can sort of know where you're going, the better your intention setting is going to be. The next important skill to master is knowing what works for you and how to choose what works for you. Because everything matters, but that doesn't make it necessary for you. That applies to like the visualization that I just talked about. There are a few different ways to do that, but that doesn't mean that every way is going to be important for you. So even if somebody has, you know, mind's eye visualization at the top of their list of skills doesn't mean that it is important for you. So maybe yours is writing it down. It's okay to be different. And that applies to spells, like types of spells, to the tools that you use. Everything is important. Everything matters to someone. Someone might love crystals and is the most important thing to their practice. Someone might love tarot or oracle cards or tea leaf reading. And you might have no interest in those forms of divination. You might never pick up a tarot deck in your life. And that's perfectly fine. Those things matter and they're important, but it doesn't mean that they matter or are important to you. Those are two different things. So it's really good to develop that skill. And that is a lifelong skill that takes practice. Even myself, I struggle with that especially when your practice, you know, changes and it can be difficult to let things go, even though, you know, you're not doing it anymore. You're not using them anymore and adopting something else, but also at the same time, not falling into the trap of picking up everything and trying everything just because you see somebody else doing it. And that, that I'm, I'm guilty there. I'm right there with you. It is a skill that I will be working on forever. Every time I see something shiny, new and pretty, I want to jump on it. I want to try all of the new things, even though there is often a voice in the back of my mind that is telling me, you know what, this isn't you. This is not something that you're going to like. It's not going to be important. Sometimes I try things to try things, but a lot of times it ends up being a waste of money and time. So it's really a good skill to hone. I don't know that um, I will ever master that one, but I would, I would like to. But yes, choosing what, how to know what works for you. Another very important skill is setting boundaries and limits. And there are many different ways that this could apply, but ethics is an important one. I think that was back in season one as well that I had an episode about that. People feel differently about baneful magic and different levels of baneful magic. And 
everyone is going to form their own opinions on how to approach, you know, spell work on others, how to approach spell work that might be considered more negative, whether you believe in the Wiccan read and the threefold law and the do no harm. Those are all things that you have to decide for yourself. There is no right or wrong answer. There are witches that practice all across the board in terms of ethics, and it doesn't make any one witch better or worse than another. It is just completely different viewpoints. So that's something that you need to establish for yourself. Again, another thing that's okay that if it changes over time and you started off believing one way and feeling ethically, morally one way, and that has changed in the last five years, that's completely normal. That was how it was for me. Absolutely. But beyond just ethics, it's important to set boundaries and limitations for yourself when it comes to witchcraft just on your time your energy, your willingness to help or do things with other people. If you are in a coven setting, we do not have limitless energy and limitless amounts of time or limitless money. It's important to set those boundaries for yourself early. Only you know what you are capable of and how much you would like to do in a day. But if you are just trying to pack in witchy morning routines and evening routines and a spell every day that is certainly going to push your limits. Some people might be capable of that. I am not one of them, but knowing my limits and knowing that I have that boundary set up means that I don't beat myself up over it when I don't do a single witchy thing in a day. If I do absolutely nothing, I am still okay with that. And I know that I am still an effective witch. It is just one of those boundaries that I had to put in place for my own (laughs) mental energy. And another area that's important to set brownies and limitations is with any spirit work, ancestor work, or deity work. This is another area where it is completely up to you and there's no right or wrong way. There might be some rules if you are initiated into a specific tradition, but outside of that, there are no rules as to what's right or wrong, but you need to set your own boundaries and limitations for any entities that you work with in terms of whether you're going to leave offerings on any sort of schedule, how much you would like them to work with you or not work with you, how willing you are to have them in your space, how often, all of those things need to be detailed out. And that is just like any other relationship that you would have with another human being, another person. You set boundaries and limitations with your significant others, with your friends, with family members of how often you are going to see them and interact with them and what level you are comfortable with. You know, introverts just don't see their friends as often uh, in person. And that's a perfectly acceptable way to have a relationship. So it works the same way with any other entities. You are setting the limits in place that make you feel comfortable. The next important skill to master is one that I think everyone is going to struggle with forever. And I don't know that anybody is going to master it, but that is all about accepting mistakes and imperfections because you are going to make them. You are not going to get through your witchcraft journey without making a mistake. And that's, that's okay. That's how we learn. We learn through mistakes and you could do all of the research and studying and preparation in the world. You will still make mistakes. I have made so many, whether that is just in the spell itself or in the intention setting and you know whether that is just making a mess of places you're going to make mistakes and learning how to accept that fact is a great skill and 
learning that it just, it won't be perfect. And in order to, I don't know that I've ever done anything perfectly, but I do have spells that I have considered perfected because I have done them numerous times with the same result. And I've tweaked things enough that like I consider it perfect for what I need it for. But to get to that point took forever and took so many tries. So accepting imperfections along the way is a very important skill. And I think it's an important life skill outside of witchcraft as well. But something that we all struggle with because I think we all have perfectionist tendencies. And we don't like to make mistakes. Nobody really does. Everyone wants to be good at something right out of the gate, but everyone needs to practice along the way to get there. And that is just a part of life. Another important part of life and skill to master within witchcraft or not is how to change and adapt and therefore grow. I have mentioned before that I am not great at change. I don't like change. Change just it's not that fun. Even when it's a good change, I don't do well with change. I kind of like my routine. I like things about me. I like to be organized. So when things change, I have always had a big problem with that. So when things change in witchcraft or when my life changes and my craft needs to change with it to adapt, I still struggle with that all of the time. Um, I think you've even seen that this year, especially if you were on Patreon where I chat a little bit more just my house being like a mess and under construction, just like feeling so disconnected and cut off just because my house is not the way that it normally is. Um, absolutely made my witchcraft suffer because I can't adapt to change. <laughs> so that is an important skill to master, one that I will be working on forever. But obviously that is where growth comes from. So knowing how to change in your situations really helps you to grow both as a person and within your practice. So accepting <laughs> that change is going to happen and sort of rolling with that change uh, is a great skill to master. Equally important to master before you even master any sort of spells is learning to do the mundane work. Because there is mundane work that is involved in every spell. You cannot just set one and forget it and not do anything to help that spell come about. It's not going to work because you're really not putting in the effort. So for example, if you do a spell to make more friends and all you do is sit inside your house and watch Netflix and never interact with anybody, you're not going to make any friends. You need to go outside. You need to go online. You need to join a group that has some sort of community aspect of something that you like to do so you can get to know people. If you hide out in your house and are wishing for friends, that's not going to work because you are not putting in any mundane effort. The spell is just going to help push along the intentions that you have and help you along the way, maybe give you more confidence when you are out meeting people to make those friends or maybe help the universe, you know, sort of fall into place. So the right friends are in the space at the right time, but that means you have to go to that space. You do have to put in that effort as well. It's the same as if you do a spell to find a job. If you're not actually looking or applying to any jobs, it's not just going to fall into your lap. Which my mom always jokes that that's not true because she, uh, her very first job when she was in high school, she was at dinner with her family and the owner literally walked up to her and said, hey, you want to be a waitress? Do you want a job here? And that was her very first job. So <laughs> I guess it's not true in every situation, but for most of the time, you need to be submitting resumes. You need to be out there looking for employment. 
if you're going to do a spell to help you get a job. And I think as witches, we we love the spell work. We love the ritual behind it, all of those correspondences. And it's just really fun to be in that moment that it's easy for us to forget about then doing that mundane work and doing the follow-up that comes after it because that's like the less fun part. But it is important to not forget about that in favor of doing everything magically. Those are all the, you know, skills that have really nothing to do with actually casting spells that I think every witch should master. And again, master over a lifetime, if you will, because some of those I probably will never master, but that's okay. I'm still working on them. But of course, I'm still going to have some skill on here that I think that you should master that is directly a spell. And in my opinion, something to master and focus on if you are a beginner and you're just starting out your spell work, start with protection spells and learn how to master protection because that is something that you can be in complete control of. It's master of protecting yourself. And since you are connected to your own energy and you know what you need protection from, that should be a great place to start and an easier one to master because you are more able to connect with that energy and be more specific in your intentions. And like I always say with protection, it's not about the scary things that, you know, social media or media in general portrays as being associated with witchcraft. I'm not talking about evil spirits coming to get you because you are suddenly practicing witchcraft. No, you need protection just from the negative energies that are out in the world and protection in general. I always have protections up on my person just because people are out of control with their energies. So you could just walk past somebody in a store and pick up their negative energy, even though you've never met them, talked to them. You might not even make eye contact, but they just have all this negative energy radiating off of them. You might pick that up. So I always want myself protected. I always want my house protected. I want my family protected. So I think that is a great place to start and really start mastering protection spells. If you are looking for something specific and tangent and witchcraft related to latch onto to after you you know do all of those mundane skills that I mentioned to practice in the realm of witchcraft, you really want to feel like you're mastering something and moving on, then protection spells are the place to start. And I literally just had an episode about that uh, to get you all the information that you need about protection spells. That is everything that I wanted to talk about in this episode for skills every witch should master. Like I said, join me over on Discord and let me know if you feel like any of these you've mastered, if you're still working on them, if you feel like you're going to be working on them forever like me, let me know. And if there's anything that you would add to this list that you think is super important, also let me know that. And I will talk to you over there or in the poll that I'm going to have up. If you are listening to this on Spotify, you can leave your answer there as well. That is everything that I have for this week. I will be back again next week for an episode on Yule. See you. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content.
Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com. Thank you.